Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the 99th episode of the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about landing your next job with a salary increase. Who doesn't want to land their dream job and who could not use another $10,000-$15,000 a year salary boost for the new year? Our guest today is Adenola Adeshola. She is a career coach, Forbes contributor, and she also comes from the great state of Texas. Adenola teaches flourishing and unfulfilled corporate professionals how to secure new positions they love at companies they love. She's here to share her story and practical career expertise tips that have helped her clients in a variety of industries land dream jobs with better salaries. So let's launch right into it with our 99th episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. All right, Adenola, how are you doing today? Doing well. (laughs) It's good to have you on the show. I, I thought there would be no better way to open up this podcast episode than to ask you about your specific experience on how you landed your dream job. Right. So it was a fun journey. Um, I guess I'll start from like the semi, the beginning, which is that I am Nigerian American. And I always say when you're Nigerian, you can only be um, five things. And that's a doctor, a lawyer, a nurse, um, engineer or failure. Um, and I fell in the fifth category because I wanted to do PR for whatever reason I knew from a long, from like high school that I wanted to go into PR. So a year before graduating, actually, I was so headstrong on being able to like prove my family wrong and get that job that I knew was possible for me. And so um, six months into like looking for or about to graduate, I was like, I'm going to um, I'm going to like start applying for jobs, 10 jobs a day, going to make sure that I'm really on it. <laughs> First of all, I was in college. I was like actually like also studying for the GMAT because I wanted like a backup plan if this whole thing didn't work out. And so I was doing all of that and applying to jobs like 10 times a day and or I should say like 10 times a week. Sure. And, you know, I remember I was set to graduate in December and by November, I like November 1st, I had zero zip, nada, like no interviews. <laughs> Like nothing was lined up. Like I had no, like nothing was on the horizon. And I really had to sit with myself and be like, okay, this isn't working. Like this whole, like, let me apply to 10 jobs a week that what I call like the spray and pray method. Like it just wasn't working for me. And I decided that I was going to be very serious with the next, you know, four weeks or four to six weeks that I had before graduating. And I decided to do something different, which evolved into, you know, the strategy that I use today. Um, but then, you know, I did that. I didn't apply to, you know, 10 jobs a week. Um, and instead I did more, something more specific and, you know, thoughtful. And I ended up getting a new position at a global PR firm, which was really like my dream job three days awesome. after graduating college. So I graduated on a Friday and I got a call that Monday that I had got the job and I was like, yes, that's fantastic. <laughs> and so what, what did you do differently that you think got you that job? Was it just abandoning that spray and pray method? What, what did you move towards? 
So I realized that some things were working. So, you know, prior to those six months, I had spent the six months before then, like trying to network and trying to like meet people and those things weren't working either. But there were some things that I was doing when, you know, whenever I would be really thoughtful in my approach, whenever I would really, you know, do my research ahead of time, I found that that was really more effective than just sending out my resume all the time. And so those like four to six weeks before graduating, I was like, you know, I'm going to be really thoughtful. I'm going to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. I'm going to make sure I'm doing my research. I'm going to make sure that I'm not just sending my resume into the abyss. Um, I was actually like looking for people who I can actually connect with um, and not just awkwardly saying like, can you send my resume over? Like I was really being more intentional. Um, And funny enough, when I did that, I only found one job that I wanted to apply to. And, you know, I was like, I don't even consider it luck. I do consider it being able to be that intentional and thoughtful about what I wanted. And I applied to that one job. I got the interviews and then that's how everything kind of went from there. I love that. I love the concept of being intentional and uh, targeted. I always tell our listeners um, spray and pray is just a great phrase. I think it's uh, because most people just, they end up sending the same version of whatever resume they have to a bunch of different people and just, um, it is a numbers game. Hope it so works I, out. <laughs> right. I, I get why they're they're applying to so many jobs. I think it's great they're taking action, but it's it's also not a very efficient way to apply for jobs. Right. So, right. Um, what I want to do here is talk about your five steps that quote, anyone with great experience can use to land their dream job with 10K, 20K, and 30K plus salary increases. I just love that yes. title. <laughs> So just what's a brief overview of these five steps? And I would love to just pick into each one of them. Yes. So let me just start off by saying like, it could sound far fetched, right? Like you hear my story and you're like, oh yeah, that just kind of happened. But this strategy, like this mythology of doing your job search this way has helped you know, clients in dozens of industries be able to get actually 20K, 30K, 40K salary increases. So this is like from proven experience. This is for the people who are like, I don't know, like this can happen for you too. And so like the steps that I recommend taking is one, you have to be really crystal clear. So crystal clear clarity is like the first step to being able to get that next position that you're really going to love. And then from there, step two is changing your story. And step three is, you know, copying the culture which is what I like to say, like not just throwing in keywords, but really understanding what kind of company you're going into and how to speak their language. And then step four is connecting with real humans and no longer sending your resume to the black hole of abyss (laughs) or like what I like to call black hole of rejection. Um, And then step five is closing the loop, which is really knowing how to close, close the communication and communicate your value to companies so they know exactly why they need you. That's great. So let's start with step one, which is getting clear on what you want. How can you get clear on what you want if you don't know specifically what types of jobs you're qualified for? For instance, I have a lot of clients who just don't know exactly the types of jobs they're going to apply for, even though they have a general sense of it. But what's what's step one when it really comes down to this? Yeah, so I'll share my story. So I I know I got my dream job like three days after graduating college and I was like living the like new grad dream. Um, But then, you know, after some time, after like, you know, working in the global chairman department and having all of these great things under my belt, I found myself 
unhappy. You know, I found myself like really feeling like, what? This is supposed to be my dream job. I don't like it. Like I want something else. But I was also comfortable in a sense. So it was like I had my dream job that I was supposed to have, but I was supposed to love and spend like at least, you know, 10 years there or whatever the story was. Um, And I was in a place where I was like feeling like I lacked a lot of clarity because I was like, well, this was supposed to be it. You know, so like, where do I go from here if this was the job that I was supposed to have? Um, And so I find that a lot of people feel that way themselves when they like, either they like tried to get somewhere and they finally got it or they worked really hard to get into a career and they're finally there. And then they're like, I don't really love it. And it can be really hard to like filter through the noise. But what I like to say is like, really take some time to think about like, what do you want? You know, because a lot of times we get so caught up in what we don't like and where we are that we don't really take the time to think about like, what do I want? And a lot of times it's like, well, this is what I don't want. Like, I don't want this and I don't want to work here and I don't want to be doing this. But like, what is it that if you like switch that, like if you made that the opposite, like instead of what you don't want, what is the opposite of that? Saying what you do want. Then you get really more clear on what you're looking for. Okay. And a lot of times when like you're like, really already, I would say most people are already qualified if you're already doing the thing that you want to do. And so I think that we kind of look for ways to disqualify ourselves by asking us like, am I really qualified enough? When the real question is like, do I want to do this? And do I have the skills to prove that I can do it? And I think that when you like switch that perspective, it makes it easier and more lighter to to make those decisions of like, what do I want to do? Great. So asking yourselves those questions is like, do you have the skill set? And do I truly want to do this? Exactly. Uh, journaling. Do you recommend anything like that to help you get these yeah, thoughts out? I like, I recommend like writing it out. I yeah. say like, you know, get that ancient piece of paper, yeah. <laughs> you know, like get some paper and pen and really write out like, what do I like to do? And what, like, even looking at your current role right now, what do I really love in my current role? And what do I feel like is missing? And both of those things can kind of let you know, like, where you should be heading towards next. And then as you even look at job descriptions, like, I always say, like, do your research. Like, do your research to see, like, what's out there, just out of curiosity. Like, not just, like, let me get my resume in all these different places, but really, like, what else is out there that would match what I'm looking for? And then you can start to see, like, okay, this is what I want opposed to I need a new job so I can get out of here. (laughs) Fantastic. And so, okay. Number two is changing your story. I came from restaurant management. And for me, that was uh, something that I still hold to my heart to this day, but it did require Mm -hmm. I had to change my story. So how would I use this to my benefit in making a transition to something else? So changing your story is both practical and mindset, right? So a lot of times I hear people all the time like, like for instance, I was talking to someone recently and was like, I want to make a change from marketing to PR. And I just feel like that's going to be so hard. And it's like, actually, that's really not that hard. Like I've had clients make changes from like banking to oil and gas, which is like night and day. And so it's a way, it's also how you see it. Like, do you feel like, if you feel like it's going to be this big change, then you're going to make it this big thing that doesn't have to be. But when you see it as how can I, and something I, I call like leverage versus liability, like how can I leverage the experience that I have to show people that this is what 
I can bring to the table. So rather than seeing your experience as a liability because it's not like what everyone else in that industry has, think about how you can leverage the experience you have to show them like your unique value. Like because I have this experience, I've learned X, Y, Z that's going to be beneficial to your company. And so that's kind of how you want to start changing your story. But then on a practical way, when you look at your resume, you want to think about like what are those keywords or jargon, I like to say, that's going to throw people off. You know, that's going to make people say like, oh, she must be really good at this, but she's not good at this. Exactly. When really you're good at that other thing, but you're saying it the wrong way. Exactly. And so, (laughs) and so I always say like, Take yourself because once sometimes when you're working at a company, you are so prone to speaking and talking like the people who you work around. But when you're wanting to make a change to a new industry, you have to kind of disattach, like break up <laughs> with the type of language that you used to use at your current company and think about how your next company talks about those things. So like if you're talking about let's just say like clients, right? And your next company calls them stakeholders. Like say stakeholders, like make it very plain that you have the exact type of experience so that people are easily able to identify you as the asset that they need. That's a really good point. It really is because uh, we had one guest who was talking about when these employers and recruiters are looking at your resume in the very beginning, they're usually just trying to filter people out especially if they have like a hundred different resumes to look at. Mm -hmm. So if you include the wrong type of language or you possibly, I would say like sell your old past too much, they might say, "Mm, this person's probably not the best fit because I'm looking for someone who X, Y, and Z. And so I think by doing the things that you're mentioning, like making sure using the right language, like stakeholders versus clients, I think that stuff doesn't seem like a big deal, but it can really make a big difference. So. Right. Especially with that first impression, like you don't want. And, and that's the problem, too. I find yeah. that when people don't do that, they start to lose their confidence because they're not getting the jobs that they know they're qualified for. But it's not a confidence problem. Like it's or it's not a competent problem. It's that sure. you don't you're not you're not communicating your skills the right way. So it's not that you can't do the job. So like contrary to like what your inbox may be saying with the, you know, sorry, we decided to go to another candidate emails you probably got in. Like, it's not about the fact that you're not good enough. It's usually the fact that you're not talking about yourself in a way that people easily see that you're good for the roles that they're wanting to hire for. Great. So number three is understanding the culture. Yes. So um, could you elaborate on that, how that would help me to land my dream job? Yes. So it's pretty much similar to what we talked about in changing your story. Like you want to speak the people's language. So like, for instance, like changing your story, step two is about like changing how you talk about yourself, especially if you want to make a change to a new industry, um, changing how you talk about yourself to speak the language of your new industry. But when it comes to copying the culture, you want to talk about yourself in a way that speaks the language of your company, like the ideal future company. So if you're applying for a particular job at, let's say, like Deloitte or something, you want to be able to speak their language in a way that they understand that you are also the type of person they want to hire. So most people, you know, companies don't just hire people that can do the job. They hire people they like. That's just like, you know, basic human, like, you know, 
basic human principle is like people want to be around people they like and that they feel like they can get along with. And so it starts with one, again, again, like getting clear on the type of companies that you want to be at and then showing them that you're the type of person who can work on their teams, who can, you know, who match their values or their mission or their company culture and showing that through your resume. And also when you get into those interviews through your conversations. And so that's what it means to copy the culture, like just really starting to talk the language of that company that you want to be a part of. I imagine that's sometimes easier said than done because how if I'm applying to a company that I haven't really heard much about, like I can probably speak to what Facebook might be like, I guess, just because I've spent time researching how like how would I really get that figured out? Right. So luckily we have the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and so with it's the true. internet, like you have to be able to do your research. I think a lot of times people go about applying for jobs like, oh, there's a job on Indeed. Let me just get my resume together and send it off without really doing the background work. Like maybe they click on the website and they're like, oh, cool website. But they don't really do like the digging deep to see like, what is this company really about? And so you have to kind of put on a separate lens outside of like, I want to get this job because I want a new job. Really? start to interview the people that you will probably be working with before you even apply. So that means like really taking a deep dive on what are they talking about in their website? Do you even like their website? Do they look like a type of company that you would want to be able to say like, I work here? What do they talk about? Like, what does their about page look like? What are some of their principles? And obviously I hear sometimes people say like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of companies, they kind of say really nice things, but they don't really talk the talk or they talk the talk, but don't walk the walk. Um, But you know, that's the first preliminary stage, you know, regardless, making sure. sure that you're doing your research to see if they actually meet what you're wanting. And then another way to do that is reaching out, like networking with people doesn't have, it shouldn't really be the hiring manager. It should probably be someone who's at the company, maybe on that team, maybe who would be a potential colleague and get an understanding of like what they like about the company, really understand like what is it that's kept them there opposed to moving to another company. Um, so that way, when you get that insider details, you're able able to use that in the way that you're communicating your value, whether on paper or in interviews. I love that. And that's actually the perfect segue to the next point, which is connecting with a real human. Can you talk about why this is so important? Yeah, I just feel like you're, I I personally do not like the online portal. Like I just literally feel like it is the abyss. Um, (laughs) and the, you know, the thing that makes people feel like they're not good enough for roles when you really are. And you're just, they're not getting read. Your stuff is just not getting read. And so that's why I just say like, cut, cut the middleman, like go to the people who have the problems because job descriptions are like literally people telling you what their problems are. They need you for X, Y, Z. And so you really have to start seeing that as if this person has a problem, how can I show them that I'm their solution? And that goes beyond just filling out a couple of questions and and submitting your resume through through an online portal. And so when you see it as, you know, these people have problems, how can I solve them? Then it becomes easier to even connect with that human who is that hiring manager because you're showing them like, I understand your needs and this is how I can solve them. And so that is like the game changer, I feel like. And I know that a lot of people sometimes say like, well, you know, should I just do, should I just send them a message over LinkedIn? Or maybe I should apply through the uh, the online portal and then stalk the person on LinkedIn. But it's like, no, like cut the middleman, go straight to the person and be that problem solver that they're wanting. Because I always say to like, even my clients, like think about your current company. 
Think about the times when someone has had to quit or there's new demands or there's a launch or something happening that you guys need more hands or that you guys need a new insight. And think about how much of a, how stressful or annoying it may be when you don't have that. And then imagine, imagine you being at, imagine you being that person who can solve that problem for another company. And that's really how you want to be seeing it because that takes, that makes it more real opposed to just like, I would love this opportunity. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I also, and I want to unpack this one for a minute or two, because I just think this is one of the most important things to emphasize. But if I am trying to connect with the real human, um, I'm sure it takes some action steps. I'm sure I can't just like walk into the room next door and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm there. But what would you advise your clients um, to do if they're trying to make those real human to human connections? I would say email, like email is the great, it's the best tool to kind of break through the noise um, and find their email address. You got to be creative sometimes, like for smaller companies or even like big consumer companies because they don't always have like that information available, but do your research. There's so many different tools that help you even identify companies' email addresses. So do your research and find that email address for the hiring manager. And the hiring manager is your potential manager. It's not the HR person. It's the potential person who would you would be reporting to because okay. this is the person who knows the problem that they're wanting to fill. And so you want to find that person and then reach out. Tell them exactly, you know, why you love the company. Tell them exactly why you want to work there. Um, Tell them exactly why you're qualified to work there. And then allow them to decide from there. But the biggest thing is that you're bypassing the competition by doing that alone. Yeah, you're just you have less people competing against the same attention. um, And it's just a much smarter technique. I agree. So exactly. (laughs) Cool. Thank you. So You're we welcome. are, you, you've done a great job so far, um, really showing some practical good steps. What is the last final thing here that you would recommend in these five steps? It is called closing the loop. And so it's one of my, you know, secret weapons, I guess you could say, when it comes to like getting interviews and actually getting them into turning them into job offers. Um, because, you know, most people, they get interviews. I hear this all the time. Like, I get interviews, but even when I get to the final round, I never get the job offer. Or, you know, I get interviews, but they're not really even for the roles that I want. Like, why is that happening to me? Um, and so it really is important to not just know how to get the attention of the hiring managers, but to keep their attention all throughout the entire process. And so I recommend doing that by really learning how to close the loop. You know, so making sure like I have people who are like, you know, they ramble or they and I call I have like different different things that I say are people who never get interviews. And I'll say like it's like the rambler um, who's like never getting to their point about what they want to do or what they can bring to the table or like the ill prepared who's like, you know, I am so great at interviews. All I need to do is get my foot in the door and then they get their foot in the door and don't get the interview. (laughs) And then you have like the almost perfect, which is like the person who gets to the final rounds, but they never understand why they never get the job offer. And the way to really fix all of those things is to really get clear again on like, what is your value? So a lot of times people see their jobs or um, job search as like, I just want to get a new job. Like, I just hope I get a new job. Like if they hire me, this is going to be so amazing for me, but they don't really see like, what is my value? Like, what will I be able to contribute to this role? And how can I show them that I'm exactly who they need 
even as I talk about my experience. And so it's really being able to like close that circle of talking about your experience, but then showing them why your experience matters in every response so that they know that this experience matters to you because it's going to help me be able to do X, Y, Z for your company. Fantastic. And I want to bring in the salary thing just to close this all up because that was a theme that we put on this episode, but understanding your value, how can you use that to your advantage to make sure that you get the right salary that you deserve? So honestly, it's funny because if you do all of these five things, by the time you get the job offer, they are like excited to hire you. Like they're like, wow, like you get us. We need you on the team. Like you're going to be able to do X, Y, Z. And that happens to so many of my clients. They're like, they're like already like pumped for me to start my first day. And I haven't even like, you know, started and walked into the office yet. But it's because when you really show people from this lens that you're exactly who they need, it becomes so much easier for them to be like, yes, we need you. And so when it comes to the negotiation part, it's like almost so much easier because by the time you get to talking about money, they're, you're already their number one choice. And so I always recommend like, do not talk about money until you get the written job offer. And so when you have that, when you are able to say like, okay, I am their number one choice. When you tell them like, okay, I'm really interested in this amount because this is what the value, this is the value I'm going to be able to bring to your company. Yes, it's going to be a negotiation. Like no's, you don't have a negotiation until you hear no, right? So there are going to be some pushback, but it becomes easier and more graceful to discuss like what you're wanting because you're able to say like, oh, you're looking for this in your role? Are you looking for, you guys are wanting to be able to accomplish this in the next 90 days? Like, this is exactly how I can do that for you. This is exactly what I've done to show that I can do this. And this is exactly why I think my salary should be at this level. And it becomes more of not like, this is what I need to survive. And, you know, I live in New York City (laughs) and, you know, whatever the case is, like, you're able to say like, I, you know, this is how much, um, this is how much I'm going to be able to contribute to the role. And so this is why I would like this competitive salary. Fantastic answer. And um, you bring such a confidence to your answers and the way that you've done this podcast. So I, I would encourage listeners to bring that same level of energy to their actual interviews because that type of stuff reads. Um, if I have someone who demonstrates they know their value and they're clear on their interview answers, um, it makes it incredibly easy to consider um, negotiating, especially, you know, the different salary levels. So yes. I don't know, you've been a great guest so far. Um, we should have you back on the show just to unpack some of these individual things, just because Absolutely. I think there's so much to talk about when it comes to like company culture and all these things, but you were a great guest. I would love that. <laughs> you were awesome questionee or what interviewee. <laughs> yeah. Well, you no, know, I'm I, the just, interviewee. actually you're an awesome interviewer. <laughs> it's that, you know, that's those episodes also just, they pay off after doing them again and again. <laughs> So how can people find out more about you and what's next for you? Yeah, so I actually have a free guide called How to Go from Zero Interviews to Dream Job Offers that goes through all of the five things that I just mentioned. So you can definitely collect that by going to employeeredefined.com. And if you want to work with me or learn more about what it will look like to work with me, then you can also go to employeeredefined.com slash let's dash talk. Um, and on the website, you can just click let's talk. And if you we can book a call to discuss from there. That's great. And can we connect with you on social? Yes. Follow me on Instagram. Let me know. Give me a DM. Like hit me up in the DMs. Let me know. Like you listen to this podcast. (laughs) But yes, I I Instagram at the new employees. So definitely follow me there. Perfect. So for all of you listeners who are jogging 
or driving, we want you to be safe <laughs> and make sure that you pull over. And we will also put the descriptions um, or put the links in the description of this podcast episode so you can connect with Adenola on Instagram. Definitely reach out, send a message, let her know what you thought about the episode. I love when that happens. So thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome. And this wraps up the 99th episode of the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. What amazing insight. And I love these five steps in taking something that seems tough to accomplish and making it actionable by giving it concrete steps. I'm very action oriented. So if you would like, I recommend going home when you get the chance and writing out these five steps on a piece of paper. I will even put them in the description as well. So that way you can get them for your notes. We have another amazing episode coming up next. It's our hundredth episode. We will discuss the one thing that can change the game when it comes to interviews. And that's going to be with Maren Roberts Huntley. She was our 36th episode guest. Can't wait to see you then. And for more on your job search, make sure to check out letseatgrandma.com. That's where you can find our blog, where we post the podcast show notes and so many more articles that will help you in your job search. You can also check out our resume services if you are interested in getting your resume professionally reworked. And please make sure to show us some love by jumping onto iTunes and leaving us a rating. The support from my fellow warriors will show the world how great this podcast is and help other people in their job search. Pay it forward. Thanks guys for being true warriors and thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next week.